Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today, I want to speak to you about the virtue of courage. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need this one for sure. You need it last week's too, but you definitely, definitely, definitely need this one. We're going to read one verse, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. We find Joshua as a new leader for the Israelite people. God has come to him and anoints him leader. He begins, he begins the, the conversation by saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's one of the, mo- the most definitive sentences in the whole Bible. He's saying the old is gone, here comes the new. What was, was, but now he's not around anymore. It's time for you to step up. Moses, my servant, is dead, but I've chosen you, Joshua, as a leader of Israel. Now take these people. And I'm going to bring you to a place you've never gone before. You're going to cross the Jordan River and enter into the promised land. And three times, God begins to instruct him, be strong and courageous. And he says, wherever your feet tread, I'm going to give you that land. But be strong and courageous. Don't forget me. Don't forget my law. But be strong and courageous. And here in verse 9, we catch up with what God is saying. And he says it one last time. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many receive that promise from the Almighty? You're with us wherever we go. Come on, let's pray. So, Lord, right now, we do receive your word, not just into our mind, but into our spirit, God bypass even our reason, our trouble, or fear, and God speak directly into our spirit. It's wide open. God, I pray there's no distractions, nothing else going on right now. No plans for what's later or what's next, but we give you this moment, holy and sacred. We put our lives right now upon the altar, and we say, God, move us, change us, encourage us, and convict us. We are ready to receive from you. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. You can have a seat, and as you do, turn once more to your neighbor and say, this sermon is for you. And say it's for me, too. I like that. I heard you say that. That's a good. And say it's in for me, too. Tell your neighbor, and for me, too. I'm not going to get prideful here. Practicing the virtue of humility already. Be strong. And courageous. Today I want to speak to you about the virtue of courage. When fear seeks to overwhelm you, may courage rise within you. I want to put it simply like this. Courage is our conviction. If you're a Christian, if you are a member of Awakening Church, courage is your conviction. Why? Because it is the call of Jesus Christ. It is found in the character of Jesus Christ. Therefore, if it's in him and it's on him, we want it in us and we want it on us. Courage is our conviction. And I got to warn you, I'm going to preach no matter how you react this morning. Because I am here to speak through you into the spirit realm. Hey, it's going to be easier if you bring your faith, but make no mistake, I have, bought, I, I have brought the excavator, and I am ready to move some dirt this morning. I'm going to speak to you today about 
courage. Say, I need it. Say, I want it. God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. And then he says, have I not commanded you? Courage is a command. God gives ten commandments to Moses, but he's not done giving commands. When Joshua steps up, when the next generation steps up, God is still speaking. And he says, as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I got some things for you to do. I got some places for you to go. And I've got a command for you. Be strong and be very courageous. This is the command of the Almighty. I view it this way. Ten plus one. Here's a new command. Be courageous. But it is a command. If you notice, it's not a feeling. I don't even think it's an option. It's not a spiritual suggestion. Nor is it a spiritual gift. Because I think sometimes we are waiting for courage to just be found by us or felt by us or given by, uh, by a spiritual gift that only few of us can grasp. But no, no, I believe it is a command to us from God to commit to courage. My question for you today is will you commit to the command of Christ? Or will you view God's word as simply spiritual suggestions. But I believe that God did not give us these words just for us to have a better day, a quote of the day, an inspiration of the day, five helpful tips for a healthy life. I believe God has given us these words as his divine commands. They are our instructions. They are for us to live by. And when God shows up, he gives the command to Joshua, but he gives the command to you. Be strong and of good courage. Why? Because trials will come. That's the reality. Trials will come. Being a Christian does not in any way negate you from trials. In fact, I don't want to get off on a different subject right now, but I do want you to, to, to know a little bit what we believe. We believe that Jesus is coming again. But before he comes again, there's going to be some trials. There's going to be some difficulties that the people of God are going to have to go through some tribulations. But make no mistake, just like Jesus showed up in the fire, so God will show up in the end. He will rescue his people. He will, he will strengthen his people. He will be with his people through the trials. So when you receive a bad report, that's a trial. It's a difficulty. When you have issues with your health, I was reading my great-grandmother's book the other day, and she said that someone gave her a prophetic word that said, when you are sick, the sickness will be like nothing because the Lord will be with you. And I thought, what a powerful word. Not that you won't be sick, not that you won't go through difficulties, but when you do, it will be as nothing because the Lord will be with you. Trials will come. You might have to endure a loss of a child, physically or spiritually. You might have a, a loss of a contract or the house that you thought you got fell through. or Things didn't go the way you thought. You had a vision and it seems to not be working out. And 
Maybe you think, well, I'm not living the life I thought I would be by this age. I'm not living the life I envisioned. I'm not living the life I prayed for just yet. Know this, trials will come. They will come. But there is a command that is given by Christ to bring you through the trials. The command is courage. When Jesus was walking this earth, he went into the city of Capernaum, which is where he spent most of his ministry when he's in the region of Galilee. And one day he was entering back into the city and a centurion that was the commander over that whole area came to him and he said, my servant whom I love, he's sick and he's dying and I'm asking for you to bring healing to him. And, and Jesus says, I will come to your house and I'll, I'll heal him. But at that moment, the centurion says something very interesting. He says, I am unworthy for you to come into my home. But he says this, but just say the word. Just say the word and my servant will be well. What is he saying? He says, command. Say the command. You have to understand what this centurion understood. The centurion even explained to Jesus, I am a man under authority. And when I say to someone, come, he comes. When I say go, he goes. I understand the power of one simple command. And what this centurion recognized on Jesus unlocked his supernatural ability. The centurion recognized authority. When he saw Jesus coming in, he recognized Christ's supremacy. See, this centurion, he served an emperor, but he recognized the king of kings. He recognized the Lord of lords. And he said one of the most powerful phrases found in scripture to Jesus. He says, just say the word. I could preach a whole sermon if you'd go there with me on this one phrase. Because at the word of Jesus the stars were formed. At the word of Jesus, the waters parted. At the word of Jesus, there is resurrection and there is life. Don't ever underestimate the power of one word of Jesus. At the word of Jesus, demons flee. At the word of Jesus, healing comes. At the word of Jesus. And this centurion says, I recognize your command. You don't even have to be there. Just say it, which I'm grateful for, because this centurion proved that the word works even when Jesus isn't physically in the house. I'm here to declare to you the word will work in your house. His spirit will come. His word will come. It works in the house. It worked then. It will work now. It worked for the centurion. It will work for you. But something is required of us to recognize the power and the authority of the word. And I love the interesting thing of the Bible, this centurion encourages the word to speak the word. It's amazing. And it amazes Jesus. The Bible says that his reaction was he was amazed. Only two times in scripture do we find Jesus amazed. He was astonished, shocked. He marveled. He turned to all the Israelites and he said, I have not found faith like this in all of Israel. Wait, no, Jesus, we're the sons and daughters of Abraham. Yeah, but this guy, this pagan, this outsider, this man that barely knows anything knows one of the most important things. That faith is unlocked by a recognition of the authority of the Almighty. 
he recognized Christ's supremacy. And it amazed Jesus. I pray your faith amazes God. I pray it astonishes him. I pray it gets the recognition of heaven. But, but I think one of the important aspects is the fact that he is a Roman centurion, which means he had an outsider's perspective. So when Jesus came in, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't encumbered with thousands of years of religion and tradition and law. He could recognize exactly what he was for who he was and what he said for what he said. I don't know about you, but I want to see Jesus with fresh eyes. I don't want to be encumbered with what didn't happen or what I thought or what I heard or what someone else did and what I saw on TV and what some televangelist said and what someone failed. And I once had an aunt and my great uncle was a pastor. And I, I don't want to be encumbered by all of that because if a pagan can recognize Jesus, then I can recognize Jesus. I want to see him fresh for the first time. Every time we open the word, say, God, whatever you want to speak, I want to hear. This is a childlike faith that Jesus has been speaking about. And it brought the reaction of heaven. Because, see, he wasn't familiar. Familiarity always subverts faith. You know, the, the second time Jesus was amazed was the opposite. It's when he went home to Nazareth. The Bible says that Jesus could do no mighty work there. He could do no miracles there. Why? Well, the Bible tells us because the people had a reaction to Jesus. It wasn't filled with faith. They didn't recognize his authority. In fact, they said, don't we know this guy? Isn't he the carpenter? Don't we know his work? We know your work. It's interesting. He could do no mighty works because they were familiar with his normal works. We know who you are. We know what you've done. Come on, this is very natural. This is very normal. Don't get all spiritual on us. And then they said, isn't this the son of Mary? Notice they didn't say the son of Joseph because they're throwing in there. We don't really know who the dad is. Isn't this the son of Mary? Don't we know his brothers and sisters? Why could Jesus do no mighty works there? Because the people were overly familiar with him. Which is a warning to us because it shows that our reaction to God's word can literally halt a blessing. Can literally stop up a miracle. You think it's all God? God says, no, you got to be a part of this thing too. Faith is the key that God hands to us and say, if you'll use this, it will unlock some doors. If you speak this, it will move some mountains, but I'm giving the key to you. And the people of Nazareth were so small-minded, they were so familiar with who Jesus was and what he did, that they had no ability to use their faith. And it literally halted the hand of God. He could do no mighty works there. Because God said, you're not giving me permission. You're not recognizing me for who you are. And the Bible says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Only two times Jesus is amazed. This is the second the first is with the centurion. God's marveled at his faith. But the second time that he was astonished was at the unbelief of his own people. So amazing that those who knew him best benefited the least because their familiarity overcame their belief. But may that not be us. May we be the ones that recognize the authority of the Almighty. Live by the word. See it with fresh eyes. That we don't, 
come, become entitled to God, his people, or his church. But we come every single time asking God, will you do something new? Will you do something fresh? And we believe that just the command of Jesus can do anything. Courage is Christ's command. Courage is the command of Christ. And if you recognize his authority, you will take his commands seriously. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Turn to your neighbor right now. Tell him, be strong. Turn to the other one and say, and be courageous. Be strong and courageous. Courage is the call of Jesus Christ. He says it over and over. He says it to Joshua three times in one conversation. Three times because God's trying to put his hand on how important this is going to be. I think he said it three times because he he knows our default. And our default is fear. Our default is cowardice, shrinking back. He knows our default. So God is almost coming in front of this and saying, I'm telling you. I'm telling you what you need to be because of who you want to be. I'm telling you what I'm calling you to because what you're naturally going to tend towards. The pull of your natural flesh is always towards fear. Fear makes you accept, accept what is, accept opposition. Fear uses the word can't, shouldn't, won't. Fear is always negative. You ever talk to someone that's negative about everything? Everything? Nothing going on good? Well, nothing's going on good. Let me tell you another thing. I filled up the other day. Let me tell you another thing. I'll tell you another thing. I got a new boss, worse than the old boss. Same as the old boss, worse than the old boss. I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you another. You want to hear another thing? No, I don't. I don't want to hear another thing. Well, it's fear. Because if you have no faith, you're only left with the negative. And fear hides. Cowers, shrinks back doesn't risk. It doesn't move. It doesn't progress. And God's talking to Joshua because he's saying, I'm going to move you to some places, but it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some courage. So be courageous. And I believe that God wants to bring you and I, this church, into some places that is going to take some courage. And so I receive the word to Joshua for us. Be strong because it might be difficult. Be courageous because you might have to persevere. Be resilient because you might have to overcome. Be bold because you might have to have an opinion. Step up. Move forward. Come up another level. These are the words of God. Be courageous. Don't shrink back. Don't accept. Don't be quiet. Don't be little. Don't cower in fear. I love when God shows up to Gideon and he's hiding in the wine press and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Because God speaks greater than the reality. He calls to the real you that's in there. You're courageous. It's what your spirit wants. If your flesh would just shut up for a minute. Just be quiet for a minute. Well, what about this? Well, have you looked at the numbers? Well, have you examined the possibility? Because there's a still small voice saying, do it. Go for it. Make your move. But whatever you do, Don't give in to defeat. When David shows up to his brothers in the Israelite army in the Valley of Elah, he hears the shouting of of the giant and he hears hears the the curses and sees the result of fear on the nation of Israel. And 
And David, he has strength rise up on the inside of him. Courage is his conviction. And he says to King Saul, let no man's heart fail within them on the account of that enemy. I'll fight. I'll fight. What is he showing? He's showing someone that believes in the command of God. He's showing someone that believes in the authority of God. And so he says to the Philistine, you come at me with sword and spear, but what do I come at you with? With the power, with the authority, with the word of the Lord God Almighty. You are outgunned and you are outmatched and you are going down. Why? Because I recognize who's really in charge here. Jesus says this. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that when you begin to believe in Jesus, something begins to change on the inside of you. He doesn't just save you. He sanctifies you. He begins to rearrange you from the inside out. You do speak different. You do believe different. You do act different. And I pray courage is infused in every single part of your character, that you are a creature of courage. It's your calling as a disciple. We see it happen with Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. They're caught in the midst of a, of a scary situation, but they're acting in faith. And when the people see the courage of Peter and John, when they looked at the disciples, what did they see? Courage. And they realized they were unschooled. These were ordinary men. The people were astonished. There's that word again. Amazed, shocked, marveled. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I pray the world takes note. These people, they've been with Jesus. There's something on them. There's something in their eye. You know, sometimes you can look in someone's eye and you can see chaos. Or you can look in someone's eye and you can see depression. You can look in someone's eye and you can see just an acceptance of, of poverty or fear. But I pray when people look in your eye they see courage. Courage is the call and conviction of Christ. It took courage for Jesus to go to the cross. In the garden of Gethsemane, he sweat great drops of blood. He was filled with anxiety, but he chose the path of courage. And he took up his cross so that we might be set free. Some people find courage in a bottle. Some people find courage in a bank account. Some people find courage in battle. But we find courage in the blood of Jesus. We find courage at the foot of the cross. That's why in Hebrews it says, my friends, the blood of Jesus gives us courage. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us courage to enter into the holy place, to enter into the promised land, to step forward. Today, I pray that you receive the courage of Jesus Christ, that you come to the foot of the cross and you receive the courage by the blood through his spirit and you begin a life of conquest. Because this is Jesus' promise. This is God's promise to Joshua and to us. He says, every place that the sole of your foot tread upon, I have given to you. Why do we need courage? Because we're called to conquer. We're called to move forward. We're called to take territory. We're called to take ground. We're called to move mountains. We're called to succeed. We're called to make waves. 
Come on, you should be saying amen right now. Why do we need courage? Because God expects progress from his people. He says every place you put the sole of your foot, that means God expects for you to move somewhere, for you to persevere. God does not accept the ordinary comfort of an apathetic existence. God says, rise up, young man, young woman, old man, old woman, you're not done yet, and push forward. Keep moving. God is not for an apathetic, visionless existence. God is for progress. And here's his hinge promise. He says, but if, if you step forward, if you step forward, here's what I'll do. I will reward you. I'll give it to you. I'll open the door. But I want you to notice something about this promise. I want you to notice something about the situation we find ourselves in. He's saying to Joshua to step into the land that was promised, but there still are giants in that land and fortified cities. And and the reality is God's things still require great risk. Because I want to come against this, this issue, this wrong mentality that I see many times in Christian circles. And the mentality is something along the lines of, if God has blessed it, it will be easy. But I want you to know that's wrong thinking. The the blessing of God doesn't mean that there won't be resistance or difficulty. That's wrong thinking. I don't know where it came from, but it's not that biblical. Every great man or woman in the Bible that did any great thing had to do it despite great opposition. Everyone, go from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. They all had to persevere. They all had to endure. They had to be resilient. The things of God might be difficult. In fact, I think sometimes God calls his strongest warriors to the point of the harshest attack. Come on, let's be honest. We're in Rhode Island. Not many churches around here. Not much church culture. There's not, there's not many revivals. Last one was 1840. Just the way I like it. It's tough here. But God brings the warriors together. God brings the prayer people together. If it was easy, there'd be no greatness in the victory. But the bigger the Goliath, the greater the victory. This building is a victory. That building is a victory. The campuses around here that are having church right now and and East Greenwich and Fall River and New Bedford, victory, 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 victory. God is on the move. He's using his people to do it. It's not easy, but we never want it easy. We want to be used by God. C.S. Lewis says a fearful world needs a fearless church. May that be us. Now, the reality is the land may be promised, but it still must be conquered. It still must be contested. And the Israelites understood this. And so they took a massive act of faith. After they crossed over the Jordan River, they camped at a place called Gilgal. And and Gilgal means that God has rolled away the approach. It's a place of salvation. And archaeologists have recently found the place they believe through so many different reasons. They found the place that is Gilgal, right near Jericho. And you would not believe what they found. They discovered a massive stone structure that when seen from above, 
if you could put my image up, looks like a massive footprint all the way around. Look, I'll show you the outline. Israel said, what'd you say, God? Wherever, you, wherever we put our foot, you'll give us that territory? We're going to make a footprint so large that God can see it from heaven. Right here, God. Right here, God. We're not going small. We're going big. May God look on these 40 acres. Right here, God. God, we want big. I pray that this church sets its foot in difficult territories. And we walk in with some gravitas. That we walk in with some courage. I believe this church is going to have a footprint in education. I believe this church is going to have a footprint in media. I believe this church is going to have a footprint when it comes to the word and worship. I pray it gets the attention of heaven. God says they're still building down there. Look, they're still growing down there. Do you know that they found five other structures like this all throughout Israel, the footprint of God? And the archaeologists that found it labeled it the footprints of God because it was as if Israel was saying, where we go, God, come with us. Step with us into new territory. Help us take Jericho. Help us take Jerusalem. Help us take Rhode Island. Help us take territory for our children and children's children. We're not going to stay small. We're going big. We're going big. I love this act of faith because it's telling God, we hear you, we believe you, and we are asking God, come, step with us. Courage is taking a step towards our promises despite the opposition. Not waiting for the opposition to go away. Not waiting for the opposition to cease, but stepping forward no matter where or what we're stepping into. Because the truth is, the only weapon the enemy has is fear. And here's what you have to understand about the weapon of fear. That weapon only works when there is no fight. Fear, get this, only works when there is no fight. It's a sword that disappears when you swing at it. Fear, when challenged disappears, loses. The enemy, when challenged, becomes impotent. Fear loses when you challenge. You have to understand this because so many of you are living under an illusion of strength. When the reality is, if you gripped your own sword, you would remember the strength of your hand and the enemy's strength would begin to cease. Fear is a force. It's a spiritual force. And it is broken by decision and action. With the help of the Holy Spirit. It's broken by decision and action. You know this. You know this. Remember, during the pandemic, 10 weeks in, two months in, we say, that's it. I'm going outside. I'm doing it. I'm going to get a muffin. And your spouse was like, no, please. I can't lose you. And you say, honey, this muffin is to die for. I don't care. It's Wright's Bakery. I'm going. 
sick of this. And then when you got into Target, oh, and you heard that sweet music. And you said, I got two months worth of money to spend right now. I'm going to drop that whole check right here. <laughs> what happened? Fear began to break off you. Well, what was different in this situation? Nothing except your choice and your action. And it really does break my heart to see two and a half, three years later that people still haven't made this decision in action. And they now are living a new existence under a spirit of fear. But that is not the spirit that has been given to us. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us one of love and of power. And a sound, sharp, brilliant, strategic mind. So when you rise up, fear begins to vanish. And I believe that God is waiting on your decisions of action in order to bring the blessing. Some of you have blueprints right now. I want to encourage you, give them to God. Say, God, I'm going to act. Will you bless it? We've seen it happen before. When Pastor had the vision to build that building next door, he wanted to have a building that was for the raising of children and the creative arts, but he was unsure. I don't know how many, 35,000 square foot building, a massive undertaking. The, the church had just built this, and he thought it's, it's impossible. But he had the blueprints rolled out on his desk. He got on a flight, and he went to Portland, Oregon for a pastor's conference. And there, for the first time, he met Pastor Jude, who's an oversight to Samantha and I and to this church. First time Pastor Jude ever met my dad. He says, Steve, nice to meet you from Rhode Island. Awesome. I hear God's doing great things about your church. And he says, I want to let you know, I just sense that there are blueprints on your desk. And God says, go for it. Some of you might have some blueprints, and God's saying right now, go for it. Make your move. I'll back your play. Amen? Amen. Some of you have an LLC filled out. File it on Monday. Some of you say, I'm not sure if I want to bring a child into this world. Act in faith. But don't make your decision based on everyone else. Make your decision based on the fact that God's hand's going to be on us. Give it to God and see if he won't back you. Fear hoards, but faith advances, and courage conquers. So God comes to Joshua and comes to the people of Israel, and he gives this command, do not be frightened or dismayed. His command, do not be afraid. Do you know that this phrase, do not be afraid, is found 365 times in Scripture? One for every day. Because God knows you need to hear this every single day. When you wake up in the morning, hear the word of God. Today, conquer. See, the reality is there's always a good reason for fear. It's always logical. It's always, it's, there's always going to be the unknown. There's always going to be opposition or obstacles. There's always the reason for fear. But we know that fear is really faith in the wrong person in the wrong place. And I think sometimes we talk in fearful tones. We let it come through our speech. We say things, well, well, well what, what could be? Well, what might happen? But what about the possibilities? I'd encourage you, change your tone. What could be? What might happen? Come on, what about the possibilities? What if God got involved? What if God showed up? What could we do? 
Because know this, the devil hates when you see as an adventure what he meant for adversity. I hope you see every difficulty, every obstacle, every upside down thing as an adventure of how God is going to show up and this is going to work out in your benefit. You're willing to fight. You're willing to have faith. You're willing to persevere, but I'm not going to be scared every moment of my existence. This is going to be a divine adventure because if God is for us, who dare be against us? Amen. 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 When fear seeks to overwhelm us, may courage rise within us. God's given us this promise of protection. One last verse I want to read to you. One portion of the verse. It says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you. He's with you. God doesn't call you to be courageous then leaves you out there on your own. No, he says, you take the step, I'll match every one. In fact, I think sometimes God is looking for the opportunity to show off his authority. God always likes for when we pick big fights. It's always got to be Goliath. Jericho's the biggest walled city. You know, God likes for when we pick really big fights so that he can show up and show off. His promise is protection. That's the good news, is that you do not have to do this alone. You don't have to step into the unknown alone. You don't have to make these decisions difficult alone because of Jesus' promise. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. David knew this. He says, even when I walk through the lowest valley, I don't have to walk it alone, so I'm not going to be afraid because you're with me. God's going to be with you. And I believe when the Spirit of God walks with you, he gives you his character, which means you get courage. When Jesus walked towards the cross, he did it courageously. But then he turns to us and he says, and carry your own cross. This is why you have to be strong because this is going to be difficult. That's why you have to be courageous because you might not want to do this. You might want to shrink back from this. But Jesus is our example. He went before us and he sacrificed and he did not shirk off the cross or give it to someone else. He did what we could not do so that now we can follow him and become who we could never become. Be saved and forgiven and delivered. And the good news is we do not even have to carry the cross alone. He will be with you always. Every decision, every circumstance, every unknown, every fear, he's with you. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.